Neat Stuff Podcast number 10, sub-episode beta. Welcome to the Neat Stuff Podcast. This is Catherine talking to you. Uh, As you may have guessed, September is still surprisingly busy. And although Devin and Tyson have recorded a podcast for you guys, it hasn't been edited yet. So I'm here to make a little tiny short episode about something awesome that I've done recently. Uh, I got to go out to Portland International Raceway and test drive the brand new Toyota Scion FRS. So... Before we get into my test drive, I want to tell you a little bit about the FRS. So the FRS is a Toyota-Subaru little combination. They both work together. The FRS in particular stands for front-rear, so it's a front-mounted engine with a rear-wheel drive system. And then the S is for sport. The Toyota version is called the BRZ, and any place that doesn't have Scion, it's going to be the 8.6 or the GT 8.6. So the car is a 2.0 liter, 200 uh, horsepower. It's got 151 foot-pounds of torque. Like I said, it's rear-wheel drive. So it's a nice little sporty car without being uh, very, very powerful like the WRX or um, probably the Porsche Cayman. Um, So completely different price range too uh, since it starts at around $25,000, which is fantastic. Fantastic, and I'm very excited for that as well. Uh, it has uh, a boxer engine, and if you don't know what a boxer engine is, it is a horizontally opposed, so it's flat, so it's four cylinders that are um, horizontally opposed as opposed to in a V format. And it's got a brand new fuel injection system, and one of the reasons it's got that is because it has excellent gas mileage. We're talking like 32 to 36 on the highway, depending on whether you're doing the manual or the automatic. So that's super exciting for someone like me who has to commute a long ways. This car is sporty and still offers me the gas mileage um, because it's naturally aspirated. Uh, I've heard strong, strong rumors that they're talking about supercharging it, but we won't talk about that because I can't guarantee anything yet. Uh, Standard things that you would expect in a sports car. It's got a Torsen limited slip differential in the back. It's six-speed manual or six-speed uh, or six-speed automatic. The automatic comes with either paddle shifters or a sequential gearbox, or I guess it doesn't come with either. It comes with both, um, which is really fun because you can actually slide it into drive like a regular automatic, or you can slide it into drive and then over into manual mode, and it will let you redline. Uh, it doesn't just automatically decide for you when you want to shift, which is very nice. Uh, it does get a little angry at you. I, I had to try that out. It does get a little angry at you if you try to throw it into first and it would, you know, go to 7,000 or something like that. It, it'll hold you back a little bit, but the switch speed is really good. So a little bit of history. You, uh, if you are into anime, you may remember that I talked about Initial D a couple podcasts ago, and you may have noticed that I said that in uh, Japan and places that don't have Scion, it's called the 8.6. Uh, this is actually a throwback to the Trano or Levin uh, 8.6 uh, from the mid-80s. It's got all these cute little features that harken back to the 8.6. Its logo actually is an 8.6. It's got uh, an 8.6 bore 
on its uh, engine. It, just little things all over. It's really, really cute and really, really clever. Um, and it takes some of its design influences from the 8.6, but it's kind of the spiritual successor. And there's something... There's something fun to see that kind of history coming through in a car that has meant so much to so many people, as well as putting together two really great companies to kind of maximize what you can get out of it. So the reason we're talking about this car is that I got this kind of random last minute invitation to go out to the Portland International Raceway and test drive a couple of FRSs. And... I didn't really know what to expect. I've never driven autocross style, and autocross style is where basically they give you this huge open area and they line it with cones to specifically make you test the way the car handles. Uh, so you don't really get to see a ton of acceleration with it because there's no long straightaways. That was my only disappointment with this is that I, I didn't get to just like floor it and see what the pickup was, although I've heard it's pretty good. I think it's 6.2 for 0 to 60, if I'm correct. Um, I don't have anything to back that up right now, so don't don't trust my numbers. Feel free to go look it up. But so we get there. And they're doing the spiels and they do the pretty walkthrough of the cars. Um, the car is laid out in what they're calling the two plus two format, uh, which is two suede bucket seats in the front and then two purely aesthetic seats in the back. I, I suppose if you've, I, I don't know, there, there's no purpose to the seats in the back, realistically, unless you have no legs. So, but it, it's pretty to look at. Um, the benefit of having that backseat is actually, since it's designed with sport driving in mind, you can put the trunk down and be able to carry a full set of extra tires in the back so that if you want to take it out to the track, you can. It's also got, I remember him making a big deal about the fact that they have put the door handles in such a place that if you wanted to add a roll bar to make it a track car, uh, it's obviously not a rally car, uh, if you want to make it a track car, you can. And the reason I say, by the way, it's not a rally car, uh, unlowered, you are sitting nine inches off the ground when you get into this car. So it's really low to the ground um, and it's sexy. Anyway, um, so <laughs> we get in, we're looking at the car. I say we, my friends and I went. Uh, we, we took out um, two people who have sporty cars, one person who uh, kind of test drive sporty cars and one person who thought it would be really fun to go with us in a group. So, <laughs> uh, I'm not included in that description. I'm, I'm somebody who can appreciate sporty cars, but has never before seen a car that I could use in my everyday life. I've always seen sports cars as something that have to be relegated to, you know, your second car, something fun on the side, but I have to commute. So, I uh, can't have a sporty car, something that's turbocharged and only gets 26 miles to the gallon, you know, on the highway. So it's kind of nice to have this car that's an option for me. And it's, oh man, I, I wish, <laughs> this is probably the first car I've ever driven that really made me happy to be driving. Like it is, it is a small car. Uh, because it's a sports car, there's not a huge amount of room to, to move around once you get in. The wheel's really small. It's a 14-inch wheel, but it has uh, a lot of response to it. It only has two and a half turns from hard left to hard right. So uh, that's why the wheel's a little bit smaller, so that you can really get into the wheel. Um, 
That was the first thing you noticed. The second thing that you noticed is how how much get up and go there is. And part of that is because of how light the car is. Uh, it, I can't remember the exact weight, but it's about, I want to say, three to 400 pounds lighter than uh, a Subaru STI. And STI is already, a WRX STI is already lined from the WRX. So it's, it's made a lot of efforts to keep it light which is one of the reasons that it gets to as good of a gas mileage as it does. So I, it is an exhilarating car to drive. I'm sure if you drive something with more horsepower, like I said, this only has 200 horsepower and part of that's mitigated by the fact that it is a really light car. Um, but if you're used to driving something like WRXs or STIs or Evos, or those are the ones that immediately come to mind. Of course, those are all all wheel drives and this is just rear wheel. Um, but if if you're expecting that kind of growling power, or even American cars, if you're if you're used to driving American muscle cars, again, this is gonna feel underpowered. But it is a beautiful introduction into the kind of sportier world. Uh, the handling is incredible. Uh, it does have a traction control system, which you can turn off. Uh, and as my friend Drew described it, it does get a little squirrely when you turn off the traction control. Uh, and it is possible to spin out, but it's a rear wheel drive car. So that's, I would hope that that's expected. And even when you do spin out, it feels very controlled. And I can see this being a wonderful return to drifting car. Um, because it does have such a good weight. Another thing I remember reading is that it's it's designed to be one of the better balanced cars, which means it's almost 50-50 in its handling. Um, it's not 50-50. I can't remember exactly where it is, but it's close. Its brakes are fantastic. I had to make use of those a couple of times. I think my favorite moment was finding the sequential gearbox. I did two laps without the sequential, and then I switched it into manual and did a, a lap with this, using the sequential. It has paddle shifters, which use the same function as the sequential, but because the wheel is so small, if you ever have to hand over hand, you're going to lose place of where those paddle shifters are almost immediately. And for everyone else who is used to manuals or has maybe used other paddle shifters before, I heard them complaining that they didn't like the placement of the paddle shifters, that they found it in the way, or that they were trying to shift with the um, with the turn signal. I did not have a problem with this. This car felt very intuitive to me. Um, I think probably because I have so little experience with manual driving, um, because I am predominantly an automatic driver, my instinct is to go for the gear shift and I don't have any problems with paddle shifters or having something there. I'm not sure maybe because the wheel is smaller and I'm just comfortable with it. But um, that is that is one complaint I heard. Uh, as far as how fast the automatic transmission is, uh, it is in the nanosecond range. It is not as fast as the Porsche uh, paddle shifters. It is not as fast as the Porsche paddle shifters, but it is considerably faster than other paddle shifters that are currently on the market. So it's a realistically for a car in this price range to have this kind of response on the paddle shifters is very good. It's it's very nice, and I oh, I'm in love with this car. I am I am in so so in love. And realistically, if you have a preference between Toyota or Subaru. Like I said, a lot of times I've heard it called a Toyobaru. I don't think I've heard it called a Subiota, but that would also be appropriate, I suppose. Um, it was a fantastic drive. I highly recommend going on it. If, if you are looking for a replacement car, 
and you don't need to carry passengers, but you need to carry a lot of stuff, this car will be great. Uh, sexy, sexy car. Cannot help it. Love this car. Uh, and as soon <laughs> as soon as I can afford switching out <laughs> so that Devin can have my Civic, I am absolutely, absolutely going to get me this car. Uh, I am very excited. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I hope that you'll join us as soon as we get the full length podcast up. Devin and Tyson will be working hard on that. And until then, my name is Kat and I hope you guys have a great week. Bye. Bye.